Hey everyone, this week let's meet Cherish. Cherish and I talk about the experiences she brings to her school as a special education teacher. We talk about involving children in creating their IEPs, we chat about co-teaching, we talk about a few other things. It's a really great episode if I do say so myself, though probably a little biased. Um, but after you listen, make sure to follow Cherish on her TikTok account. I'll put it in the show notes and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. There's a few things that I love about your page besides you. I love that you talk about children in a way that makes them seen and heard. And I, I have so many things that I want to talk about. The first one is how does it feel to teach? I believe in one of your videos, you said that you teach in a district that is not very diverse. Is that correct? Yes. How, how is that? It is very interesting. So um, I'm from Chicago. I moved to Ohio for a couple of years. I moved back um, to, the, to, the, to the Illinois uh, area. So I'm about an hour or so from Chicago. And it's a very small town. And it feels very, it feels different. Now, I've always been in situations where I've been different or I've had different hair. I've been the only one who has hair that looks like mine or the only one that has lips that look like mine. So, or the only woman. So, you know, I've always been in those kind of situations, but being in a district where there's only two, there's only two of us it is a struggle because you don't actually think that, okay, this person is being a specific way to me because of this. Like you don't always want to have to turn that, that part of your brain on, but then sometimes I don't know. Like sometimes some, someone will do something to me. Is it because, because of my race? Is it because I'm a woman? Is it because of my hair texture? Like it's like, you have to always be on. so exhausting at the end of the day to just like, ah, okay, I made it do, make it do tomorrow. It is, it is exhausting, I will say. Wow. And, and what makes you stay in a school that you constantly have to, you know, try to relax and like try to turn those those thoughts off because you also then have to be present at work and like deal with the children that you're working with, which is another stressor and another factor that you have to think about. So what's making you stay at this school as opposed to going to a more diverse school? Whew, I feel like that's a TikTok that I need to make eight. <laughs> <laughs> but um What's keeping me going is that, at least for the longevity of this year, is that some of the students, I will be their only, their first and probably their only Black experience until they go to college. Like, I did not have a Black teacher until high school, but she wasn't my teacher. She was my counselor. So, like, it's very different to hear the perspective of education from a woman than from a man, than from someone who is Black, than someone who's Latin, someone who, like, it's very different to hear all those cool perspectives and fall in love with, like, oh, wow, this is why you do this, and just have those different perspectives as opposed to, like, the same, like, the same ideologies and the same, you know, ideas. It is so amazing to get that, and this isn't my first time being in a in a situation like this, when I taught pre-K, I was in somewhat of a similar situation. And um, for like MLK Day, this is just a random 
thought that I had a couple of years ago for MLK Day, they would always do like, be kind, be loving, be open. And they'd have like brown egg and the white egg. And they're like, crack them open. And they're like, they're all the same. And so it was my turn to teach that lesson. And I was like, I don't want to teach kids about that. Like, I want to teach them about the real reason. Like Martin Luther King didn't die for us. He was murdered, first of all. He didn't just like, I'm going to sacrifice myself for the betterment of the United States. Like he was fighting for a cause and he was, he was killed. So I don't want to do that. I have a dream, like put butterflies and like, no. So, I mean, they were pre-K, but it was nice. The lesson that I taught them. So I had each one of them take a, a puzzle piece. And I had each one of them color it, whatever color they wanted. And then I took one, one in particular. And I said, this one's ugly. It doesn't belong. And I threw it over my head and I said, this one's ugly. It doesn't belong. And then I literally just like threw my thing away. But at the end, I had all of them put their puzzle pieces together and they all fit. And I said, this is what unity looks like. You put stars and stripes on your puzzle piece. You put hearts and rainbows. Now, how would you feel if I put on yours away and said, you're different? I don't like yours because I don't like blue and I don't like stripes. And so that's kind of like, that's what I mean by like education from different races is so unique and it's so powerful coming from different mouths because I feel like uh, a white educator probably wouldn't have thought about that. They probably would have been like, oh, I have a dream, you know, but like because I'm black, I see the world differently. So what keeps me, I guess, in a long response, what keeps me going is that like this is this maybe their only black experience and I, and I got to make this count. <laughs> yeah. And it's beyond important i mean i as a white educator i always felt that i i didn't like doing the egg you know description i didn't like saying hey look at all of us in the classroom we all love each other we're all getting you know it's not all free and pose and sunshine and there are some books that go into more details and for preschoolers yeah you know what they are young but that's when we should be teaching them And that example that you just shared didn't go over their heads, wasn't inappropriate. And it just like gave them the perfect idea of, oh my gosh, she's getting rid of my puzzle piece that I created. That's a part of me. And then you brought it all back and it's like, oh, okay, yes. Now I understand we're all different. That's okay. I mean, it's, it's amazing how there's, you know, a lot of white educators still, that's the majority. And we're, we're not fully equipped to teach everything. And it's not fair for children for us to say, hey, it's okay. He he sacrificed himself. He, you know, everyone's okay now because we're not. We're still we're still working on a lot of very important things right now. So yeah, I think that that's important that you're saying to give them this experience. And I I love the way you teach you you had a student that helped create their IEP? Yeah. So for the listeners, can you explain what an IEP is? And then can you explain what that process was like? Yes. So an IEP is an individualized education plan. And so that is for students who, some, some districts still have RTI, which is response to intervention. Like the gen ed teacher sees that the student is, okay, they're below um, grade level or below the standard of what they're going through they'll reach out to the RTI to get assistance. Sometimes if the student's disability, or not disability at the time, but if they're um, heavily below grade level, then you know we go through 
different like rating scales and things like that to see, okay, what area is it that they need help in? My dish, my old district never did something called domains, but this district I'm in now does domains. I'm like, what is a domain? So there's I think eight domains, like health, there's like math, reading, writing, and some other stuff I should know, but <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> so like we test them in those different areas to see, we use like iReady, or sometimes we use like our own scales to see where they're at. And for me, I never want to, everything I do has to be intentional, has to be intentional. I am not going to teach you to use a model if I feel like you're not going to use it in your life. Like, this is not how I, I don't ever want to waste anybody's time. So even like with fractions, I show them like with money or I show them with like, I've cre- I created like a fake bill. Like, you got, you got to pay this bill, like something that they're going to use. And so with, with the IEP, I never want them to not know what's happening to them. I want them to know all the time. So the first thing I do is I bring them right in. What do you need for math? Where do you see your areas for growth? And they'll say, I don't know. And I say, I don't know either. So let's work through it. And we look at the things and I say, okay, what about subtraction? How do you feel about addition? Then their wheels start turning like, oh, I hate regrouping. Okay, boom. Now I know what to kind of focus on. And then I look at the standards for the next year because I never want to give them like addition and they're going to be in fifth grade and they don't really touch on addition in fifth grade. They touch, you know, so, okay, what do you, what's the standard in fifth grade? Where do you want to be? They're writing up, they're creating the whole thing. I'm just sitting there just typing like, okay. And then I bring them to the IEP meeting because I, like I said, I never want to be a secret. Like, yes, I'm a STEM co-teacher and a SPED teacher. So I'm kind of like, nobody knows I'm a SPED teacher. They just think, oh, she's just the extra teacher in the room. And, you know, she's just a, a co-teacher. But like, I also am a SPED teacher too. But I don't want my SPED kids to think that I'm a secret or like this IEP is bad. Like, I'm not supposed to know I have. Nope. You have an IEP. You wrote it. This is your accommodations. So that when a gen ed teacher isn't giving what you need, you can call them out on it. Nope, I need a calculator during my test. I need this because I put it in there. And so I like to bring them to the meeting so that no one can ever pick on them. Because if you get like, there's a lot of SPED kids that get picked on for an IEP because they don't know what it is. And they're like, oh, you're this or that. And they're like, man, I must be bad because no one ever talked to me about this. And why do I keep getting this thing called an IEP every year? Nope, you're coming to the meetings. You're bringing your parents or your family whatever, you're going to write this thing, you're going to do it. So my philosophy on it. And I love that one, the kid is involved from from step one. And it's also a way to say, we all need help. I mean, honestly, every kid should have that. Imagine every teacher sitting down, and obviously, there's a lot of work. Imagine every student in the classroom has their own IEP, special ed, and then it's like, oh, okay, this is what I need. I would have thrived in school if I had a teacher that said, okay, you're going to be part of this from step one to the end. You're going to come to the meeting and advocate for yourself because that's what you're teaching them is advocacy from an early age. Oh my gosh. I have like goosebumps. It's it's, it's such a, it's such a simple idea that you're putting out and instilling confidence, advocacy. I mean, and saying, yeah, you have an IEP doesn't mean that you're not intellectual. It doesn't mean anything besides this is what's going to help you thrive in an educational setting. Yes, that's, that's so true. Yes. I mean, 
And as opposed to like teachers saying, all right, well, this kid is not acing multiplication, so they don't know it. This is, and I'm just going to make up things that might help them or might not, where you're saying, I don't know how to help you. What, what do you think is going to help you? That I, I wow. Just, oh, <laughs> I mean, My obviously. parents are like, really? I'm like, yes, this is the first legal document. And then the, the kid gets all excited because it is their first legal document that they sign. So, you know, they have that for the rest of their life, knowing that like, wow, I was nine when I signed my first legal document and I was eight when I signed my first. And then, like I said, when they get to middle school, they don't have to feel picked on or different because I see that a lot where like the, the sped kid gets picked on and like, no, if I wrote it myself, I know what it is. I'm not confused by it. It's not a surprise to me. Boom. I can defeat those. Boys. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like other gen ed children also just aren't even aware of what an IEP is. And they just, they have this connotation where IEP means not as smart as me or isn't able to do something and I'm above them. And that's where we have that disconnect. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not what it means. Like, and everyone should have an IEP, but as gen ed students, you know, you spoke about co-teaching. Teachers aren't prepared to co-teach. They're not taught how to co-teach with a special ed teacher. It's like, I mean, what? (laughs) I went, I went, my undergrad is in education. My master's is in education. Yeah. I still don't know the best way to co-teach. What's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love these questions. I really, really, (laughs) these, these questions are hidden to my soul. Like, Oh, I love what you do. I will say. Thank you. I love what you do. Thank you. <laughs> I think gen ed teachers, and I'm not the only one that feels this way. I think they see us as a tool and like, I don't know how to use them. You don't use me like we work together. And I think they see us as like an assistant and not equals or like, we can't comprehend how to, not all gen ed teachers, because I, like on TikTok, I've seen a lot of teachers like, I love my co-teacher. And I'm like, great. When are they retiring? When can I, can, when can I apply? <laughs> are you right now? Are you in Illinois? Please let me know. Send. But, in a minute. <laughs> like, please let me know. But I think to them, they think like we're invading their private space. We're, we're like a part of some like secret CIA that's like secretly like watching them and telling principal what they're doing. We just want to coexist just like everybody else. And so I think in their mind, it's like, oh, my God, this is a student teacher. Or, oh, my God, they're st- they want to know my plan. I don't know my plan. Oh, my gosh. They're, here they come again. Like, they feel like we're in their space. And it's not more so about, like, decorations. Because in my co-taught classroom, there's not a lick of me in there. I don't have a desk in there. I, like, have to, like, carry my stuff. Like, I have to sit my stuff on, like, my student's desk. It is what it is. I like it is what it is. But I think that most gen ed teachers, they kind of look at look at us as like we're first of all, we're in their territory and that we don't know, we can't comprehend what we're doing because for 12 years or for 30 years, I've been teaching over 30 students and you've only been teaching small groups. And it's like, mm, we could very much so teach 30 students because once said small group it's like teaching 30 30 students because you have to come up with a thousand and one different ways to teach division and a thousand and one different ways to teach multiplication so like we we've got to be like this all the time so like (laughs) I just sometimes look at them like like we're not here to cause any trouble we just want to exist too 
Like we want to feel like we belong. And, and a lot of people on TikTok, a lot of SPED co-teachers are like, I will never do this again. I hate this feeling of feeling like I'm a bother. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, Tell you. <laughs> it, it's you would think that in any of the courses, if you're going to be an educator, there is a class on co-teaching. Even if you have two gen ed teachers, two special ed teachers, one gen and what it doesn't matter, especially now with COVID, like you might have the like the gym teacher in your classroom. You have yes. to learn to coexist and make it a team room. Because mm-hmm. for you to come into this classroom, whether you're pushing in or you know, whether you're not in that room all day, when you go into that room, that's your classroom. You know, I, I always said to teachers coming into my class or my assistant, I said, you're an equal. You're not less than me. Because if I'm not here, guess what? You're in charge. So <laughs> they need to know. And the kids need to know that you're someone that's also reliable. They can go to you. And the special ed children are still part of the classroom. You know, it's not like they're their own community. They're yes. a whole class. Yes. And yeah. I've, I've even seen some SPED co-teachers say that they're only restricted to the SPED kids. And I feel like with co-teaching, I feel like that's how my co-teaching experience started off. It was like, okay, we're talking Jeanette talk. When we get to a SPED kid, we'll involve you, Cherish. Okay, SPED, uh, Jeanette talk. Ooh, a SPED student, Cherish. Boom. Okay, we're talking Jeanette talk. And I'm like, no, co-teacher here. I can teach science. Nope, co-teacher here. I can teach math. Nope, like I'm not only restricted to spec kids. Hello, like, I can do it too. And so it took a lot of like fighting and fighting and fighting for me just to teach gen ed math, just for me to teach gen ed math without it just being like, okay, so during this time when I'm teaching, you're in a total sped group. You're like, I'm not a, I'm not a resource teacher. I would love to be because I'm doing two jobs and only getting paid for one. Baby, you can have this co-teaching. Like if I could be resource, I would, and I said, say this all the time, just make us resource teachers. Do not force us to co-teach because at the end of the day, we're not seen as equal. We're not seen as equal valuable people in the member. It's Miss, I don't know, Miss Johnson's class featuring Miss Jackson or Miss, you know, whatever's class featuring. It's not like, oh, Miss Johnson and Miss Jackson. It's just Miss Johnson's class. And I'm kind of just like, so what am I? You know, like we already don't feel that way. So just make us resource because I don't care if I'm pushing in or I'm pulling out because I, in a sense, in the beginning, I kind of felt that way anyway. So it's kind of like we're seeing as like, I'm talking to the gen ed teachers, I'm talking, I'm talking, and I'll get to you when it involves spec. Other than that, just kind of like sit there. I'm like, nope, I can teach as well. So yeah, I never, (laughs) I never really even thought about the fact that like, yeah. You guys are clearly qualified to teach Gen Ed 2, if not in some ways, maybe more, because you already have the ability in your mind to differentiate. So that's what you're doing with your special ed children is you're differentiating all their work to make them able to learn in an in a easier way and a way that fits yes. their learning needs. So technically, if you're teaching <laughs> Gen Ed, you're doing that too. So yes. it's, it's, it's crazy that like, again, there's no, I, I don't even know, like if there should be a class on it or even 
I don't know, but it's just amazing to think that even now in 2022, it's still like this problem for teachers that you're a special ed teacher, you know, you come into a classroom, it's not your place. And that's, you know, as teachers, your classroom is your home away from home. So for you to go into your class and not feel that way, that's not fair for you. And then it's hard for you to to be as present in your classroom with your children, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does get that way. And um, I mean, I'm very fortunate now that I advocate a lot for myself because, and I shared this a while ago, like on my TikTok, that at first I felt like I was just a body in the room. Like I had no say in decorations in the room, which, okay, I get it. But a lot of the teachers that I've spoken to said that they were co-teachers, not like they were like, oh, I'd love to co-teach with a sped teacher. It was like, like my, like my district is pushing for co-teaching, like all district-wide. So every gen ed teacher is going to be paired with a sped teacher to co-teach classrooms, which is nice because it's least restrictive environment. For some of the gen ed teachers that they've commented on my page, they were like, it's a relief because if I have five sped kids, I've got to remember all their accommodations. So it's kind of like a relief to be like, woo, the sped teachers, like, memorized, they're good. But then I get some people who've commented on my page and they've said, like, the that their co-teacher have, has said that they that they were forced to co-teach. So, like, the Jeanette teacher, like, said that they were forced. And, again, we don't, like, we're not, like, I get, like, if we're saying, like, oh, the district, the district. but like. We're not an idea. We're a person. So when you're like, oh, they're forcing us to co-teach with these sped teachers who never probably stepped foot in a classroom. It's like, hi, we're right here. We can hear you. So like I, I get a lot of mixed comments of gen ed teachers saying like, well, I don't know how to use them. And some of them just sit in the back of the room. And then I get some sped teachers that are like, well, I sit in the back of the room because every time I get up to try to teach, you tell me just to turn on and off the lights and you don't give me the chance. So yeah, I don't care. I don't care anymore. And I'm like, I see both sides. I see both sides. I, because I, I almost got to that point too, where I'm like, okay, I was supposed to teach a lesson today and I'm not. So you know what? I don't care. And I, and I never, I felt like that for like two days. And that's when I was like, I need to figure out what to do because I'm not a resource teacher. I would love to be, but I'm not just in here for 30 minutes and then I'm going to another classroom. This is my classroom too. And so now I worked it out to where, Monday, Tuesdays, you teach. Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursdays, I teach. Friday, we alternate because I'm not just going to walk around and you need help. Okay, you need help. Like, no, I'm not. That's that's not what I get paid for. So, <laughs> yeah. no, but it's it's true. I mean, and isn't that a great way to do it? Is okay. Let's alternate. Let's learn from each other too, right? If we're both doing different things and we have the opportunity to learn from each other and how we're teaching and you might learn something that she does that you're like oh I'm going to take that and use it in the class too and vice versa like instead of looking at it as oh I'm being forced to do this okay I have to do this what can I learn from it how can this benefit me as an educator how can it also benefit my students like let's you know tweak the way we're thinking about these things and make them work and think about them in a positive manner and see where that maybe gets us. Yes. And see how it, like I said, it's, we are not 
coming into the classroom to wreck anyone's livelihood. Like we're just as shaking up too. You don't want us there. We don't want to be there. Like we don't like walking into a room where I feel like I have to like, excuse me, sorry. Like I don't like being in situations like that. Like I could sense when you like other teachers, other SPED teachers have said, like, I can sense when you don't want me there. So I don't want to be there either, just as much as you don't want me here, you know? It, and it sucks that to think that way, but like I think they feel intimidated that, like, oh, I have another teacher as though I'm not as good. So they slap me with a SPED teacher of all teachers. Like, like <laughs> I don't know what they think, but I just I read a lot of the gen ed teachers' comments and I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is what y'all are thinking. Okay. This is right. this, okay, it makes sense. So Yeah. And to think about as a student looking around the classroom to say, hey, I'm so lucky. I not only have one teacher, but I have two teachers. Like some kids don't have that. I have two teachers that I can go to. Think about that. That's that's an amazing privilege for these children to have and to say, okay, I get to learn from these two teachers who are going to do their best to help me learn and thrive. Yes. You like summed it up with a nice little bow on it. That's beautiful. That is, (laughs) that is literally like belongs on a shirt or in a book. (laughs) I'll I'll start selling some merch now. Buy it. I would. I literally would love to buy that. Like, honestly, because it, it just, it almost makes you want to tear up. Like, wow. You know, it, just think about our education. Like, I had one teacher and if the teacher wasn't in a good mood. You know, it, it kind of sucked for you. And like, you had that one teacher, but having two, it's like, okay, this teacher is in a bad mood. Let me go to this. Like, you have options or this teacher talks too fast and they explain stuff and you really can't get it. But, oh my gosh, I can't wait till this teacher gets up there because I love how they explain this with all these games and how they use these fun activities. Like it gives you, like you said, the differentiation of like understanding and meeting different learners where, where they are. So, yeah. I'll yeah. buy the shirt. <laughs> okay. When, when we're done, I'll, I'll uh, go make it. I mean, I could keep talking to you forever and ever. So what I would love to do is let you go and relax and unwind, but maybe schedule another time because if you are comfortable, I also know on your page, you talk about having OCD and um, living with anxiety, which I do too. If you're comfortable, you can also think about it. No need to respond right now, but if you would like to come back, I'd love to have you. I just, I want to thank you so, so much for coming on today because this was an amazing conversation. Your energy is just like exudes confidence and happiness. And although I know that's not how you always feel, this made me very happy. So I just, I love your content. I hope it never stops. And you are an incredible teacher person. And those kids are really benefiting from having you in their world. Thank you. I needed that today. Thank you. <laughs> of course. You got to hear it, right? I mean, you're yes. it's hard to tell yourself that, but from what I can see on this side, it's it's making a world of difference. Thank you so much. And I'd be honored to come back. Yes. Awesome. I say yes to the proposal. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, go relax, enjoy the rest of your night, and thank you again for coming on. It's been amazing talking with you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a beautiful afternoon. Well, evening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.